you came across this podcast, you may have typed in, do you know him? If so, who or what are you looking for in life? If you'd like to talk to someone about this, or if there is something you'd like to hear about in a future episode, then please email us at doyouknowhimpodcast at gmail.com. And now on to today's episode. Welcome. This is the Do You Know Him podcast. This is Lowell King. I'll be your host. Today's podcast is simply entitled Fishing. Well, my first fishing experience was when I was eight years old. My dad took me out on the Half Moon Bay off the coast of California, along with total of six people, including four other men and my dad and I. We were on three different boats, and I remember that day, what an exciting experience it was for me to be able to go fishing, number one, number two, to be just with my dad and I, and uh, out on this beautiful uh, area just off the coast of California. We weren't really very far out because we were in small boats, but we could still see the the coast, but we were still far enough out that we could catch a variety of different kinds of fish in that location. I remember getting this little fishing pole my dad must have bought me or rented or whatever, but it was so cheaply made that uh, you could barely reel in the... the, uh, sinker and and the bait and so on and so forth because it was not a very good quality rod and reel and it was kind of small but I guess it was the size my dad felt that I would be able to use as a child and uh, I don't think he really ever thought that I was going to catch anything but sure enough as the day went on uh, I remember getting this bite and it scared me half to death to begin with uh, because it really felt like somebody was pulling back on me. And I got, after about 10 minutes, I finally, I think I had the fish up about halfway. So it was a fairly good-sized fish, and I, but I could barely reel the reel because it was such a cheaply made uh, reel. And uh, all of a sudden, the pulling and tugging stopped, and uh, the fish was gone. He got off the line. So I reeled in the rest of the way and we put new bait on and I dropped it down and even to this day, I swear, I think it was the same fish. But sure, it no sooner hit the bottom of the ocean there, floor, and boom, I got another hit. And halfway again, I'm halfway up and I'm reeling and thinking about what happened the first time and I thought, oh boy, I don't. I hope I don't lose him. Well, uh, this time I did get him in. And to everyone's amazement, he was an eight-pound lingcod. Uh, this is a good-sized fish. Uh, and I remember it was uh, quite tasty when we ate it, too. My mom baked it, and it was just an amazingly fresh fish right out of the ocean and eating it, I believe, that same evening or the next day. It was a lot different than the fish that you buy in the supermarket. The second little story I wanted to share with you about fishing was up until I was probably in almost 30 years old was a 
the second largest fish I ever caught. I was, my dad and I had rented a cabin one summer, and we were at uh, Lake Tahoe, and we were um, just probably a few hundred feet from uh, the what they call Fanny Bridge and the dam at Lake Tahoe that uh, ultimately the water goes out through the Truckee River and goes down to Pyramid Lake and in, in the uh, past Reno where the Indian Reservation is. And I'm not sure where it goes on from there. But um, we were in a, a cabin there and one morning it had rained the night before and I came out of the cabin and there was a little pier right out, right in front of where we were staying. It was no more than 20 feet square. And uh, and I would fish off of this little, uh, uh, I guess you'd call it like a um, wooden form, like a plank uh, deck or whatever you want to call it, kind of extended out over the top of the, the water. And that morning... Uh, the water was just muddy because of the the rain that had occurred the night before, and it took usually a couple of days after rain like that before the water would subside, or the mud would subside down to the bottom of the, the uh, water, and then you'd have clear water again. And I only had about 20 or 30 feet of line on my fishing reel, and I don't even know why I bothered to fish that day, but I put on a what's called a wobble right midget, which was a little red and white striped uh, spoon. And I was casting it out and not really thinking that I was going to catch anything, but anytime I got to go fishing, I would go fishing. Uh, so next thing I know, I felt this tug. And I thought, what in the world is that? And at first I thought I hit a like a tree limb or a log or something like that. And I started to reel it in. And, and interestingly, uh, whatever I hit was, or hit my line or whatever it was, started to come in towards me, but it was not really fighting me. It was kind of coming slowly towards me. And the next thing I know, I saw this fin come up to the top of the water. And I thought, oh my gosh, this thing looks like a shark. I uh, and I was reeling and I didn't want to startle the fish so I was reeling kind of slow and the fish was kind of sim swimming towards me almost as if uh, it was cooperating in the process and as it came up alongside this little wooden deck that I was fishing off of uh, I saw that it was a beautiful rainbow trout and uh, and I slowly but surely drew him towards me and then what I did is I reached down under the fish and I grabbed him uh, in the gill area. And I, when I touched him and got a hold of him, he went crazy. Almost pulled me in the lake. And I guess, I don't know whether he was sleepy or what the heck was the story on that. But uh, it was an amazing experience. I thought I had a world record. Of course, I found out later that my little 24-inch rainbow five-pounder which was a big fish for rainbow trout, but it was not even close to even being mentioned as a uh, world record for any matter. But uh, it was it was just an amazing, wonderful experience. As fishing has always been a part of my life, and I've always enjoyed getting out into the outdoors, seeing nature, and just enjoying uh, the beauty of nature. Now. 
later here in my life, uh, my son and I, both my sons and I, have been fishing uh, quite a bit more recently, the last uh, year and a half or so, and uh, they're into catch and release, and so in some cases I will bring a fish home, but for the most part we are simply uh, fishing for the fun of fishing and the fun of getting together uh, as family and being able to um, enjoy the outdoors and uh, just, 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 just a really, really ble uh, blessing part of my life right now. Uh, and not only the fishing part, but spending time with my boys and my, my family, my wife and daughter-in-laws who also like to fish, by the way. But uh, the fishing story I wanted to tell you about today is probably the most amazing fishing story that I have ever heard of in my entire life. And uh, the details that are behind this fishing story are so amazing that uh, a person may not even actually believe the story. But the reality is, uh, according to eyewitnesses who actually uh, were involved in the fishing story, uh, it did occur. And uh, sometimes we take this story somewhat for granted because it's not one of the big stories that we hear about in the Bible. But this is the story when one day that uh, the Roman army had put the notification out to uh, people that they had to pay their taxes. And Peter, uh, the apostle Peter, came to Jesus and, and asked him, you know, are we supposed to pay these taxes? And then uh, Jesus said, well, in essence, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't want to, uh, you know, mislead anybody, anything that's in the Bible, but he said for all intentional purposes, he asked Peter, well, who pays the taxes? And uh, he said, do, does, do the people like you and I pay the taxes or do they tax their own children, the Romans? And they said, no, they don't tax their children, they tax us. And then Jesus said, well, Let's not become a problem here. We don't want, we'll pay our taxes, pay what's due to Caesar, and, and also keep in mind that we need to pay or give to God what is God's. And so he told Peter, he said, I, now Peter, keep in mind, I want to go back to Peter just for a second here. Peter is a fisherman by trade. Uh, before he became an apostle, he was, that's how he made a living. He was a fisherman. He, he was out on a boat every day catching fish uh, in uh, Sea of Galilee, and he was would uh, to take the fish and then mark, sell those in the market and be able to make a living to provide for his family. So he is not a, uh, a novice at this. He's somebody that does this and had been doing it for many, many years. And this is, like I say, this is what he did for uh, a living. And so he told Peter, he says, just go down to the sea and throw your line in with a hook and some bait, I guess. And he said, the first fish that you catch, open its mouth and you'll find a coin that's equal to the amount that we have to pay in taxes. Well, Peter doesn't question Jesus. Uh, I'm surprised because sometimes he did. Uh so the story goes that he did. He went down to the sea and he he cast a line into the, the water and he pulled this fish out. And when he did, he opened his mouth 
as Jesus had told him to do. And inside the fish's mouth was the coin, and the coin was used to pay the taxes. Well, when you look at the story a little bit more closely, uh, there's a couple of things that I think you have to give consideration to and think about. First of all, he didn't tell Peter exactly where to go. He just said, go down to the sea. Uh, he didn't tell him how far out to cast the line. He just told him to cast a line. So there was no specifics about the time of day. There was no specifics about the location that he had to fish, nor the distance he would have to throw out the line. Uh, so in other words, this was pretty much going to happen regardless of when Peter went or, or what he did. Jesus had prearranged for a fish to come and to be caught on Peter's line. The other part of that is the fact that I'm sure, looking back at the stories in the Bible, that the Sea of Galilee was a pretty rough place uh, in terms of uh, storms. There were times when, in fact, I've been on Lake Tahoe when I was a, a teenager, when Lake Tahoe became almost like a like the ocean. I mean, not not thirty foot swells, but I've seen I've seen five, six, eight foot swells, maybe even larger. I don't know if I would have gone out further into the lake, but the lake can can become very stormy. So now you have this professional fisherman who is knowledgeable of you know the way things can be on that lake. And so I'm sure that over the years that people got caught out in the storm. In fact, you, you remember the story about when Jesus calmed the storm, uh, the, the fishermen, the professional fishermen were fearful for their lives. They thought they were going to die. They thought the boat was going to uh, capsize and they were going to drown. So we know that that kind of activity can occur uh, on the Sea of Galilee and so somewhere along the line, there must have been boats that were capsized and, and lost at sea, or if you want to put it that way. And so there probably were coins that had fallen out of these boats into the lake. But what about the fact that the fish not only came and bit on Peter's line, but the fact that the fish had to go and get a coin first? And how do you teach a fish to do that? Well, you do that because you are the person who is in control of your own creation. Jesus, some way or another, was able to encourage the fish to pick up the coin and then go to the place where he had already pre-known Peter would be fishing and arranged to bite on Peter's line and be caught so that Peter could use the coin in its mouth to uh, pay the taxes. Now, I don't know about Peter, because it doesn't really say, but if I caught a fish who had done that, I would have let it go. I would not have taken it home and eaten it. Uh, because that fish had not only participated in one of the great miracles of the Bible that a lot of people just simply overlook, but uh, he was an obedient servant to his creator. And 
he did what his creator instructed him to do. And with all due respect, I think he deserved to live a little longer. Well, this is Lowell King. This is the Do You Know Him podcast. And I'm asking you the most important question that I will ever ask you or anyone will ever ask you in your entire life. Do you know him?